This is Paul Schneider today on the 82nd edition of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. Today is my special guest, Jason Puckett. Jason has been affiliated at Seattle's KGR AM 950 All Sports Radio as a radio host and reporter now for many years. Uh, Jason is the current host of Puck Show from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Monday through Friday. Uh, Mr. Puckett is also known as Puck as uh, had quite a presence in the Seattle sports media community. Went native, Washington State University grad. He worked in uh, Oregon at one time. I My sports and stuff show has been around now for nearly three years. Had a lot of fun. I'm able to do this uh, with my law practice. And most of my interviews are now on YouTube. Some are on Mixcloud. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at PLS Law Offices. And a bunch of my interviews are also on my law firm website. Well, Jason, I really appreciate you coming on Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio for the 82nd edition. Well, thanks, Paul. I mean, it's been kind of a, a, a not quite full circle, but I know when I, when I first uh, met you and kind of got in touch with you was, was obviously uh, not under the best circumstances because of what was happening in the city with the Sonics and the move. And I remember you were, you were such a uh, prominent guest on our, on our station, on our shows during the, the whole trial with the, with the Sonics and them trying to break their league. Uh, with the city of Seattle, which just, it just seems amazing. It seems, you know, the playoffs are going on right now. I mean, that's we've been 15 years. Uh, my, I, I me, can't 13, believe it. 13, 13 years, right? 2008, 2008, yeah. I can't believe it. Well, I uh, would take issue that I was a prominent guest on your station. Yeah. I, 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 I will say this. That prominent goes too far. I will say this, though, Jason. And Brian Robinson and I talked about this once, the, the Save Our Sonics co-founder, is that, you know, there are a lot of great people and friendships that, that – that I did make through that whole Save Our Sonics battle. Unfortunately, the result was terrible. We lost our team, and all sorts of great people I met, including you, Jason. So I, there, there, there were a couple of blessings throughout my whole through my whole experience in, in that deal. Okay, now don't take this the wrong way. All right. If I, I never met, if I never met you, but it meant the Sonics were still here, I think I'd sign up for that ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 you know what I mean? Like, no, if, I if, get I mean, it. You know, I just, I, uh, I wish uh, I could yeah, put it in a bit, maybe, but I, I just wanted to mention yeah. that there were some good people no. that, that, that I met through that whole movement. So I, I, I wanted to throw that in there. But it's, uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's 2008, and I never thought, um, you would ask me then, you know, how long do you think that they'll be back? I, I would have said within five years. Within five years, we'll have a team back. And, you know, now we're going to complete the, which would be the 12th year, uh, right? If my math was off, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's amazingly staffed would be the way I would describe it. No doubt about it. It really is a torture. So, Jason, I want to start with this question, and I've been asking this question to various guests over the last couple of months. I'm getting all sorts of fun answers, and let me give you a couple of guest answers, and I'll ask you the question, Jason. Dave Grosby answered Floyd Merriweather. Uh, Burnett said Russell Wilson. Dave Sims answered Sandy Koufax. Saucy answered Tiger Woods. Stephen Kelly answered Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Percy Allen said Mike Tyson. Steve Rabel answered Bill Russell. Jason, who is a living sports figure who you have never interviewed and you would love to interview or have an extended conversation with? That's a great I gave question. you a lot of clues. <laughs> a living, a living sports figure. 
who I've never interviewed before that I would love to interview? Well, I can only give you one, right? Um, well, you got to be, you, you got to, you know, I'd love to say Tiger, but then I could, you couldn't get anything out of Tiger probably, which would be, which would be hard. I, I would, I'd probably have to say Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael Jordan would, would be it for me. I mean, I just, that's the, that's the era I grew up in as a, as a massive basketball fan. And, and, you know, he was and still remains the greatest basketball player of all time, but you know, I'd like to sit down, Paul, and just talk to him just about, you know, everything, how much he changed, you know, sports. It's not only was he the best basketball player of all time, you know, you could make the argument for the nice best athlete, you know, and now we're going to get a debate of other sports, but uh, there he was certainly the biggest and remains the biggest sports icon uh, the sporting world has, has ever seen. I'd, I'd like to ask him just, you know, how much does he think about that, reflect on his impact on the sporting world, uh, and the impact that he's had, you know, beyond the basketball court. So I guess that would be my answer. You know what's interesting, Jason? I would have thought I would have got Michael Jordan earlier with this, with that question I keep asking. So I, I think that's a very good answer. And another person, I mentioned this to Furness, who I think would be fascinating to interview. He's not an athlete. It would be David Falk, Jordan's, I think, agent. I think sure. Falk would be a fascinating guy to talk to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was – you know, rode with him, you know, shotgun for all those years. I just, you know, I, I think that what, you know, his explosion in the sport, obviously the explosion of Nike at the same time, the explosion of uh, mass marketing, um, you know, commercials, commercialization of sports, the marketing of a sports athlete, you know, that all just kind of came together right at the, you know, it, it was a perfect storm. And he was the perfect athlete for it because he was not only great, you know, he's good looking. He's marketable, and, you know, it, it took all of that. And, you know, if, if there's no Michael Jordan, I mean, who's to say there's no Tiger Woods? I mean, does Tiger Woods have that same type of impact? So, yeah, it's, you know, the millions, millions, the billions of, of dollars that he has, you know, raised and amassed, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just eye-opening. And, you know, he certainly was thrust back into the, you know, spotlight because of uh, the, you know, the documentary that they did you know, on the Chicago Bulls, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to just be able to, and I'd like to do it in a relaxed environment, you know, like he was in that documentary, you know, have a couple, you know, have a couple adult beverages and some cigars and kind of get him <laughs> right. to be, to be relaxed because, you know, I just I'd like to have, you know, just an open and, you know, honest, you know, just chat with him, you know, get him to speak, you know, honestly about anything you'd ask him. Another worthy sports figure to add to my, my little fun list. So, Puck, uh, tell us about yourself a little bit. And, you know, we've been following you for so many years, and so many people have in Seattle media circles. How did you get the broadcasting bug? Yeah, pretty early on. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I've always been a big sports fan, you know, since I, you know, since I can remember. You know, I, I probably, probably equate that a lot to my dad, you know, you know growing up, who was a huge, huge football fan, mainly, uh, you know, Huskies and, and Seahawks. And when I was a kid growing up, you know, my weekends were spent going to either, you know, I was going to a Husky game on Saturday that we had season tickets to. And then on Sunday, you know, we would we would drive back down, you know, to Seattle or up to Seattle, and I'd go to a Seahawks game. So, you know, in the fall, you know, I was Saturday afternoons at Husky Stadium. Sunday afternoons I was at the Kingdom. And it just, uh, that was my life for, you know, since I was, you know, 
seven years old, you know, and I just say we did that all, you know, every single, you know, uh, weekend. So, you know, I just had that, I had that bug early on and just liked all sports and it just kept growing. And I was in, you know, finally when I think I was in about, you know, seventh or eighth grade, I think it was eighth grade, uh, we had a, and I loved it all. I mean, I would, you know, the the way that I learned to read and become more proficient in reading was that I would read, you know, the sports section of the newspaper. I would, I got Sports Illustrated. And so, you know, in the morning I would come down before school and I'd read the sports section in the Seattle PI. And then when I got home from school, I would read the sports section of the Seattle Times. I mean, if I'm old enough or people, you know, listening to this, they have no clue that we used to have two newspapers in town. And one paper was delivered in the morning, and then we had an afternoon paper. That you know, it's mind-boggling to mind-boggling to think about that now in, in the age of the internet and social media and all that. But and so I would come home and I would devour that newspaper with anything that changed, you know, during the time I was away from school. And, and uh, in eighth grade, I was we were at my junior high. We were given an assignment to uh, kind of like a job shadowing program. Was kind of like. Hey, find something that interests you that you think you would like to do uh, when you get older. And as I mentioned, I, I devoured everything. It was the baseball games on the radio with the Mariners, the Sonics, Seahawks, the Huskies, the Cougars, all of them. And my brother and sister went to Washington State, so I had an allegiance to them as well. And I loved and still do love local news. And I loved all of the local news sportscasters when I was growing up. And in, the, in my era, it was, the, it was just the best. It was Bruce King at Channel 4, it was uh, Tony Ventrilla at, at uh, Channel 5, and then it was the, the great Wayne Cody at Channel 7. And I just loved those guys uh, to death. But getting back to my what happened in 8th grade, we were given a chance to do a job shadow. I loved Bruce King. Uh, he was kind of my idol, one of my idols growing up. And so I got a job shadow, and I spent a day shadowing Bruce King. Uh, around Como News and just kind of saw how all the news, you know, department went. And, you know, when, when I did that, I came home. I just knew at that point, you know, so I'm, I'm eighth grade. How old am I? 13, 13, 14. Um, I knew at that point that I wanted to do something uh, to talk about sports, whatever it was. Write about it, uh, talk about it, be on TV. You know, there's no sports talk radio at that point, but. Um, I had the I had the budget early on, and it just continued. I got into high school, and um, you know I continued to play sports, I played football and basketball and baseball, and um, you know I wrote for the student newspaper. I ended up becoming the sports editor of the newspaper, and uh, when I went to Washington State, you know my I was going to be a you know I went into broadcast I went into journalism. I was going to be a reporter. I wanted to go that route, and then just things evolved, and I. I got more into the broadcast journalism side of things at Washington State at the uh, Murrow School of Communication, where which uh, my degree included radio and, and uh, TV. So um, that's kind of the long-winded answer. I mean, I could go on longer, but yeah, I mean, I I got the bug real early on. I, I knew that I wasn't. I knew early on I wasn't going to play sports because I had stopped growing. So I knew I'd have to talk about it. Well, our upbringing, Chase, and Seattle are similar in a lot of ways, and I grew up with my late dad going to a lot of sports events, and I was never the greatest athlete by any means, but I, I can relate to your, your, your story there. And, you know, there, there was a famous American political operator who died a few years ago named Robert Strauss, and Strauss was once asked, what's your favorite part of politics? His answer is, I love the whole damn deal. Is that kind of how you feel about sports? 
Yeah, it's just um, it's just fun, Paul. It's just it's just fun and it's new, and it's never the same. You know, I, I think that you know life. Well, not life. Or, I mean, things can be so. Um, uh, what's the right? Things can be so just you know rudimentary, and you can you can kind of fall into the trap of everything kind of being the same all the time. You know, the, the beauty of sports is it, you, ne- you just never know. I mean, it's, you know, you hear baseball, you know, reporters talk about it all the time. You go to the ballpark, you're going to see something you've never seen before. I mean, I think that's the same with, with any sporting event. You, you turn on a golf event, you're going to see something you've probably never seen before. You turn on a basketball game, it's, it's brand new. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, there's just a level of excitement to it. Um, I love, you know, early on the lessons that sports, taught me that I think is required that everyone play sports and be a part of teams early when they're, uh, when they're, when they're, you know, in their youth and their kids. Uh, I think it will personally go a long way to improve relations in our country uh, with people that don't look the same, don't speak the same, have different views on things because what sports, uh, you know, do, especially when you're young, is it just shows that, you know, we're all kind of, for that moment in it together, and we're much more alike than we are different. So uh, there are so many things I love about it, but it's, uh, I think that's the perfect answer. It's, um, I agree. It's, just, I agree. It's, everything, it's everything that it brings. The whole darn deal, the whole damn deal is quite stressful. Yeah. Well, this is Paul Schneider, host of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Rain with longtime KGR Seattle sports radio host Jason Puckett. All right, Puckett, I want you to challenge me on this. Feel free to challenge me on this. So I am not a big fan of the 60-game MLB truncated season. I, I guess I'm glad it's happening, and I don't want any of the Mariners to get sick or to get hurt, of course, but I, I'm just not that into it. I, I, I just Even if the Mariners were getting the playoffs this year, I, I just don't think it's legitimate. It's about the mathematical equivalent of, of crowning a, a six-game Super Bowl winner, literally. Um, are my off days. No, I mean, I, you know, no, because I, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's I, you know, whoever wins it this year, and I've said this many times on the show, this, the only city in America that will not consider it an asterisk next to the name of the team that won the World Series will be that city that won. Every other city and every other fan base, despite what they may say now, will say, well, yeah, you won, but it's you know not really a real season. But if you are that city that wins it, you're going to be like, whatever, you know, these were the rules. This is what was, you know, put in, in, in front of us, and we won playing the same style, playing under the same rules. So let's just say the Mariners got in and they won, right? Honestly, you know, even how I feel now, I would say, yeah, we're World Series champions. We won under the rules that were being played. But, of course, it's not – it has to have an asterisk, and I would even acknowledge it. And it just does because, you know, that's that's the one thing that's the beauty of, of baseball. Um, you know, that is unlike maybe the other sports. It, it is just a marathon, and it's a grind. It's 162 games. That's why it, it generally weeds out those, you know, the, the those teams, and it's – you know, the cream usually rises to the, to the top. So, you know, look at last year. You know, had we played a truncated season last year, the Washington Nationals don't even get in the postseason uh, because of where they were at after 60 games. So, um, yeah, but, I, but I'm trying to just enjoy it. 
for what it is. I mean, I, I guess I know what it is, Paul. I mean, I know that it's a, um, a shortened season. I know that it's not a regular baseball year. Uh, but I'm just trying to enjoy that we have baseball and we can watch it. And it's, to me, it's a better alternative to play 60 than to not play. Oh, I, oh, I hear your point. Like I said, mathematically, it's about the equivalent of a six-game NFL season. So I, I just see so many aspects around this year. But it is fun to watch some of these young Mariners. Chase, let me hit, hit a few more topics. So we had two losses in Washington State, two gentlemen who had real influences in the sports team in the state of Washington, Slade Gordon and Bob Robertson, a longtime WSU football announcer. Um, and one thing I want to share about Slade is the fact that he stood up for St. Mark's Honors. And granted, we, as we talked about earlier, we weren't able to save the team, but the fact that, that Slade put his neck out on that, I, I think it's part of his legacy. Why don't you chat for a minute on uh, giving him uh, kind of the pocket take on uh, the legacies of uh, Slade Gordon and Bob Robertson? Well, I mean, first start with uh, with uh, with Slade, with Mr. Gordon. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the era that we live in right now is so polarizing with politics. You know, just to quickly dance on on this subject for a second. You know, there there was a time in an era in which you know we can have different beliefs and have different party lines, but we can still work together and find common ground. Uh, we may not agree on everything, and that's okay. We shouldn't agree on everything. Uh, life and society would be pretty boring if we agreed on everything. And we need people to dissent, and we need people to challenge others. Uh, what I, you know, I'm old enough to remember him. Uh, I had a very good friend in college that worked on his campaign when we got out of college. So I have a pretty good, you know, feeling and a good background about him. He, um, you know, he reached across the aisle. That's kind of the phrase that, you know, you kind of use. And he just stood up for what was right, regardless of where his party or any party felt they should have been. He just, he always did what he felt was right. And if you're a sports fan, um, you owe a massive debt of gratitude to Slade Gordon. Um, the reason we get to go to uh, T-Mobile Park and enjoy you know, the, one of the world's best um, stadiums because of Slade Gordon. Because, uh, and that goes back to what he did with the pilots, you know, when, when Bud Keeling moved them, you know, bought them, and, and then, you know, they, they moved the franchise to Milwaukee. His lawsuit forced Major League Baseball to give us another team. Had he not done that, had he not forced those senators to come and sit in court and then realize, yeah, we're, we're screwed. We can't do this. Um, you know, we probably don't have a baseball team anymore. Or we don't have a baseball team right now. And as much as we complain about the Mariners, and rightfully so, they've just not been good for their tenure, it's more I'm glad that we get to complain about them. I prefer that rather than not having a baseball team. And then obviously with when when Smolian tried to move the team and it's well documented what Slade did, his, him stepping in, um, finding local ownership. And I think, you know, and this is why I talk about get, reaching across the aisle. To force Major League Baseball to get out of what was really, honestly, a very insensitive um, and racist standpoint, Paul. I mean, to be honest with you, they were they were leery of having Japanese ownership, and you know, he had to convince them and 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 said, "Listen, you you don't want to have this become public where you're denying someone 
ownership of a baseball team because they don't look like you. And that was an important step, I, I think, for Slade Gordon. Hey, Jay, real quickly, real quickly, you probably had this question before. Would you support incorporating Slade Gordon's name in the T-Mobile Park Stadium name? Yeah, I, I, I am all for honoring him uh, down there in some form or fashion. Yeah, I, I am. I, I mean, because, uh, you know, without him, we, we just don't have it. We just don't have baseball field, not T-Mobile Park, but we just don't have it. So, um, yeah, I just wish that, you know, and, you know, he, let, he was leading the good fight with the Sonics, too. That just probably was, you know, too much momentum was going the other way, but uh, he is. Uh, there's so much other stuff that Slade Gordon did, but just sports-wise, um, yeah, he was he's a pillar of the sports community. And Bob Robertson, you know, that one's a that one's a real touch. That's an emotional one for me. Um, you yeah, know, I'm such a huge fan of his. He, I looked up to him. He was uh, one of the best broadcasters I've ever listened to. He was as prepared as anyone I've ever listened to detail-oriented, as kind as a person that you will ever meet, never an ounce of an ego uh, with him. His work ethic was second to none. I think all you need to know about uh, Bob Robertson was, you know, during his heyday when, you know, when you are when you are a, bas- a football and basketball announcer for a college, that's a big deal, especially for a, a Division One team. You, you don't need the end. You don't need to do anything else. He would... You know, I would see him at the Tacoma Dome calling 3A and 4A basketball games while he still was the voice of the Cougars. I mean, he did this up until about, you know, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. And he would be in Yakima calling the 1A and 2B tournaments because high schools who didn't have broadcasting but were in the tournament, they need someone to call the games, and he would volunteer to do it. And I, I just thought that, that takes someone who just does not see himself as this, like, larger-than-life figure. And he would show up to the Tacoma Dome when I would see him. He would always be pleasant to talk to. And he would be his own engineer. He would be his own stat guy. He would be his own color analyst. He never had anyone to work with. And it was all seamless. And it was beautiful. He didn't know these kids at all. And you couldn't tell for a second that he this is the first time he laid eyes on these kids. Um, he painted a picture. It was beautiful. It was in depth. It was in color. It was great. Um, you know, we have been so honored in this area, in this market, to have some of the greatest broadcasters ever. And I'll challenge anyone uh, with Dave Niehaus, uh with Bob Robertson, with Pete Gross, with Kevin Calabro, Bob Blackburn, and Bob Rondo. Uh, I will challenge that group to any group uh, in any other city. Uh, I, I think it's second to none. All real talent. Boy, Bob Robertson just seemed like a terrific guy. Jay, we got a couple more questions. We're getting kind of close. I'd love to have you back one day. We can we can examine some more subjects. Uh, Jason, you work in Portland, and Portland is one of the largest U.S. cities. Only have one of the four major pro teams. Uh, do you like the idea of baseball expanding the 32 franchises and maybe adding Portland and Montreal? I do. I mean, I, I live there. I worked there for many, many years. It's a great sports town. Um, you know, it's big enough now and has been big enough for a while to to get another um, another professional franchise. They they support. They're rabid about the Blazers, rabid about um, uh, the Timbers down there. I think baseball would be a home run down. It's a big baseball community. It's, I mean, not only Portland or that Oregon area and what Oregon State's done, what Oregon's done, but that Vancouver area, you know, Vancouver, Washington, that Clark County. 
huge baseball community down there. Uh, it would be, sorry, it would be a home run. It just would be. Um, you know, the problem is that our team's going to try, and I don't know how much legal stance they would have, but they would be someone that's against it because that reaches their footprint. But, yeah, I, I think it would be great. It would be nice to have a team down there so we would have finally for once a real natural rival because we, honestly, Mariner fans, we just ha- don't have a rival. And it's not the Padres. We, we need somebody better. I think Portland would bring that. I think it's a fascinating idea. And by the way, this is many years down the road probably, but I could see the Mariners organization demanding some big territorial fee or something. But that that'd be kind of a fascinating yep. negotiation. Jason, yep. uh, the name Larry Scott comes up, the Pac-12 commissioner. It seems like whenever his name comes up, people get fired up. He just seems like a guy that people love to hate. Why, why do you feel there's so much tension among fans when the name Larry Scott comes up? <laughs> I, I just, I think he's allowed. I think he's allowed a great conference. He's slipped through his fingers, and everything that he promised, he just has not delivered. And I think he is. I think he came from a world of political correctness, and and the, the bottom line is this. I, I know we, we, we tout ourselves in this conference as the conference of champions, which is great. I mean, we win a bunch of stuff, Olympic sports, non-revenue sports, and all that. The thing that stirs the drink in, co- in college athletics is football. And his, his lack of attention to detail, his lack of making sure football was a priority in this conference and just tried to think like football was just like gymnastics and softball and basketball and women's basketball and baseball. Well, it's not. It's just he, 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 he made a huge error on the network. He should have partnered up with ESPN or Fox to help, help out with the cost and help out with the production. Uh, his, uh, the fiasco with the network getting it distributed, not to be on DirecTV and all the, the hoops they had to run through with that, uh, was just a failure on his part. And he just, I think he lacks just transparency and leadership. And, you know, the move from Walnut to San Francisco. I mean, the cost to have that headquarters in San Francisco is more money than all of the other conferences combined. Now, I know the cost of, of things out here is more expensive than it is in the South and the Midwest and the East and all that. But, I mean, it's, it's worth it. And um, he is financially um, irresponsible. And he... He's not transparent and has a poor track record dealing with coaches. And he's not a football guy. And he's not passionate is he, about Is he kind of stuffy, too? Is that another problem Larry has? In perception? I just think he wants to leave. Yeah, I think he wants, you know, give him a tennis ball, Paul, and he wants to leave this high, you know, this high-end, risky lifestyle, living on the West Coast. And it's, it's, not, it's not what you need. You, they need, the, you know, they need a football person in charge of this conference. That doesn't mean they ignore the other sports, but they recognize that football is, is the thing here. Um, they hired Merton Hanks, who has been a long, long time in college athletics and the pros, administrative level. Uh, I'm hoping that's going to be a great hire for them and would help them out. But um, I, I don't think that the tenure is long for him. I mean, I, I think I would give it less than less than six months. I think he'll be replaced uh, for sure. We're getting very close to concluding this interview, Jason. But one thing I noticed about Larry Scott, it, it just seems like, Everyone around the conference seems to be uniting around, not really caring for him, at least among the fan base. It's kind of sad in a way, but it's kind of weird how people can unite because they're so sick of somebody, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate your feedback. Well, Jason, I really appreciate you doing this, and uh, I'd love to have you back. And I believe me, I had all these other subjects written down as possible conversation points. I think we got into some good stuff, and I uh, appreciate you doing that appearance on uh, 
sports and stuff uh, right here on the radio. My pleasure, Paul. Uh, anytime. Uh, let me know. I'll come back uh, anytime and join the show. And I always appreciate you reaching out. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. Take care. Yeah. Thanks, Paul.